Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Hoot Jack Podcast Series. I am your host, Christopher Armistead, and it is great to be back, guys. I know we've been gone for a week, and we missed a lot of great playoff basketball. We missed a lot of Game 7s, but have no fear. Just to kind of quickly catch you guys up, what we have right now is the Western Conference Finals featuring the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors, and we have the Eastern Conference Finals featuring the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat, and we're going to go by recap each of these games throughout the week and what to expect this weekend so let's get right into it we had on wednesday we had the game one of the western conference finals in golden state in the barrier area golden state trying to make a strong lead take a strong stand at home and they did not disappoint they come away they ran with it and did not look back winning 112 to 87 over the dallas mavericks taking an early one 1-0 series 1-0 lead in the series and I gotta tell you I think Golden State wants that wants to be able to go back they have they were kind of they felt kind of disrespected throughout the whole year like they were not that team anymore because you kept seeing teams like Memphis move up you talked about teams like Phoenix and Golden State was still there but they were like under the radar and I think we got to take that into account Golden State's still a dominant team Golden State is still relevant in the NBA, still with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kevin Looney, uh, Gary Payton II, Jordan Poole, Draymond. You have all the and Wiggins. You have all these guys there that complement each other so well that it's just working well. I mean, it's, it, it, when you look at it as game one, all the starters scored in double digits. Curry had 21, Wiggins had 19, Thompson had 15, even Poole had 19. He went 8 of 12 from the field. He did not disappoint. Like, this Golden State team is not going down without a fight. And Curry had a Curry had a double-double. 21 points, 12 rebounds. Kid was on fire. Who was on fire. You could not stop him. And I think with the fact that, you know, Dallas, Dallas made it for a reason. They worked hard. They beat Phoenix in Game 7 to move on. But it's hard. I think Dallas is right now looking at it like, oh, this is tough. This is they've they've been to the cha- they've been to the title before. They they have championship DNA. These guys have more championship DNA than the Phoenix than Phoenix does. So it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough uproad hill for Dallas. I do not expect the sweep. I really don't. I expect it to go. If if game two goes as bad as this. I, I expect it in five, but if Dallas can at least win one, I go. I'm still taking Golden State in the series, but it's probably going to be five or six. I do not expect the series to go to seven, but I do expect Dallas to try to make a comeback because Luka cannot do it by himself. He had a bad shooting night. He went three of ten from three. Even Bullock went three of ten from three, and I mean. They didn't do that bad. It was about even. They even had less turnovers and fouls than Golden State, but were they were just not shooting the ball well. They were 36% from the field as a team versus Golden State. It was 56. I mean, it's, it's all about shooting. It's all about just getting on the right path towards a good shooting night. And Dallas was not there. I do expect them to make a comeback, to turn it around, hopefully to turn it around. 
for game two tonight and we will go over what the games are this weekend tonight and throughout like the rest of the weekend but i think going forward golden state is still they're gonna win this series they're gonna keep they're gonna keep this streak going they're gonna keep working at it if they can continue to get the shots up like they have they can continue to move the ball around i have without a doubt with without a doubt that they will be in the finals dallas will still try and they will still keep the momentum going but luca cannot do it by himself and that's why this is it i i i see it going five to six games in still in favor of golden state and then moving towards last night's game eastern conference finals game game two matchup between boston and miami and miami did win game one uh Yes, they did win game one, 118-107 at home, and that was a great game. Uh, Boston, you know, they did not have Al Horford or uh, Marcus Smart, so that does make a difference. And I think last night with them back, winning 127-102 means that they do make a difference on that team. Marcus Smart, 24 points, 12 assists, nearly a triple-double with nine rebounds, three of three from three throw. He had three steals. This is why this 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 kid won defensive player of the year this is why he does it on both ends of the floor and then as far as the heat go i believe pj tucker went out with an injury um and butler 29 points 11 18 from the field but no one else was really i mean oladipo with 14 hero with 11 vincent with 14 it just was not enough going shooting percentage wise Miami was 44% from the field Boston was 51 and they were hitting on threes too Marcus Smart was 5 of 12 from three Horford was 2 of 2 Tatum was 4 of 6 and Brown was 4 of 7 they had and they had 10 more threes than the Heat and yeah that that makes a difference no matter what happens so series tied 1 to 1 heading to Boston for the next two I, I, this is going to be a great evenly matched series. I don't know who could win. Anybody could win this series. But Boston has looked strong. And I, being a Lakers fan, I don't want to root for Boston. But you got to respect the game. If I had an opinion right now, who does win the series? This, this series could go to seven games. I'm still leaning towards Boston because of, you know how they've been handling it throughout the year, how they've been shooting throughout the year. Now, you do have to worry about some nights Tatum hit. And what's good to see, I think the re, also another reason that Boston wins is, has, has won is because we have seen throughout the year and even throughout a lot of the playoff series that if Tatum starts hitting shots, that Brown does it. And when Brown starts hitting shots, Tatum does it. And it kind of mixes in the wins and the losses. But I think when they're both hitting, when they are both shooting well, you cannot stop this team. And with Marcus Smart averaging more than more than two steals per game, defensive player of the year, you cannot stop him. This is a team that is lethal. This is a team that is deadly. And you cannot sleep on them. I predict seven games, Boston wins. It's going to be a Warriors-Celtics finals. That is my that is my prediction. I don't think it's not a fact. I 
I'm a guess this is going to happen. This is going to be my prediction. It's going to be a Warriors-Celtics final, and I hope that happens. But anything can turn around this series. Anything can happen. And then moving on towards this weekend, tonight we have Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals still in Golden State. Um, Golden State is 73% chance to win. They are a minus six, minus 260 for the money line, and over-under is 214.5. When you look at game one, they were the under. I probably could still go for... I'm going to go over because Dallas, this is the the last time Dallas was in the Western Conference Finals. I believe Nowitzki, Nowitzki was on the team. And no one's injured, so anything can happen. I... I believe Golden State will win this game. The spread, I'd take the spread, but I'll take I'll take the minus six on Golden State, but I do take the over, over 214 and a half. And then when you look towards Saturday, I believe it is Saturday. If I'm doing that correctly. Saturday is game three of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston. And on it is on 8:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on on ABC, and the other game, game two, was I believe also on ABC. So, yes, no, no. Tomorrow's game is on at tonight's game is at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TNT. So make sure to check that out tonight. But looking at the prediction for tomorrow, tomorrow's game in Boston, 8:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ABC. Boston is 70 70 chance to win. They're at a minus six and a half, a minus two seventy for six and a half for the spread, a minus two seventy for the money line, and the over under is two oh seven and a half. I'd go the over. Oh, I'd go the over in a heartbeat. 207 and a half. You are really not doing justice. They've done over for the last two games. If you do not... Oh man, I might take the over. Are you kidding? I would do the over in a heartbeat. Over 207 and a half. You're crazy. Yeah, I'll take the over. Let's do that. Let's take the over on that one. All right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, guys. When we come back, we have our one-on-one Hooper profile with Golden West College men's basketball assistant head coach, Mason Jones. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hoop Check Podcast Series, guys. And we have a very special guest for you today from Golden West College, assistant coach for the men's basketball program, Mr. Mason Jones. Mr. Jones, it's great to have you on the show. Appreciate you, boss. I'm happy to be here, man. This is exciting. So uh, talk to me about this season. How do you feel? How confident were you guys kind of in the season? Uh, what can there be to improve on for next year as well and everything like that? Going into the season, especially at the JC level, it always kind of rotates and stuff like that. So the top teams – give or take a few players, man, things can change. Some of these bottom teams can kind of move their way up. Some of these top teams can move their way down and stuff like that. And me going into my third year at the JC, especially at Golden West, uh, I kind of picked apart different programs. Okay, well, that player is over there and that player is over there. Let me get my versions of these players to try to bring them to Golden West and, and so that myself and Coach Tony Jermison 
can kind of create the right recipe and, and get some wins. And last summer when I was bringing all these guys in that I was recruiting, I was excited. I was excited about the guys. I was excited about the talent. We had some some raw freshmen. We had some older sophomores and stuff like that. So our expectations are always to compete for a conference title. And Golden West, playing in an Orange Empire, we play in the toughest conference at the JC level in the state of California. And with that comes a lot of competition. Like games are, are always tough. It's back and forth. And some of these powerhouse teams are ranked in the top 25. You have programs that are the number one team in the state, the number four team in the state, the number eight team in the state. Like we're playing against these teams and going into going into the season, you always want to be able to compete at a high level because of the conference. And we struggle just because, again, younger guys and, and again, the, the, the level of conference out here, like the, the level of competition out here is, is difficult. But in the season that we've had and, and, and stuff like that, I can be proud of the fact that two players from Golden West's program will sign two Division II scholarships. Malik is going to Adams State, and Eric just committed to Cal State Dominguez Hills, which is a D2 school not too far from here. So even in kind of a rough season, getting guys to the next level, that's the that's the gig. Like, that's the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, wins and losses are great, but if you, got, if you can get guys out as far as a JC, well, to me, that's the most important thing. But we, we had high expectations of trying to win a conference title, and that's that's going to be the same expectations for next year, uh, this summer. We start summer training June 13th, June 14th, I believe. And it's going to be another uh, another summer of just competing, training, and, and trying to get ready for, for a season so that we, compete, that we can compete for a conference title. That's always the goal. Absolutely. And I can tell, you know, with the amount of competition, like you said, that there is at the junior college level, I think it's because when I, when I talk to different athletes, whether they're Division One, Two, Three, JUCO, I think we just got to look at the fact that there's competition no matter which level you're at. I don't think Absolutely. a division title or even the school name makes a difference because some of these JUCO teams, they can compete with the higher-ups if they want to. That's like, a fact. They're competitive, and they're driven for that time to, you know, doesn't matter what, what our name is. If we play hard, we can play hard. For sure. East L.A. is a, is a JC out here. They were on the Netflix. Obviously, everybody knows about them. East L.A., you have Fullerton College, not too far from here. You have San Francisco City. That's up north. Like these, those three programs for sure could compete against an NAI school, a D2 school, and, and depending on where it's at, some low level D1 schools as, as well, for sure. Uh, San Francisco City, that, that's, that's a powerhouse, JC, for sure. They're a very good program. Absolutely. And like you were talking about earlier, you kind of have, you're working with, you know, the incoming freshmen and the up and coming sophomores. Like you said, the two years that you have with these athletes, that it's time for them to grow. And uh, you talked about uh, Malik Norell, who we've had on the show. Great guy. Yeah. Loved, you know, his en enthusiasm. And like you said, he's heading to heading to um, Adam State right now, the right. higher level. What's it like seeing guys like him grow to the potential that they have and then move on and move forward with that basketball mentality? That's everything. When when I when I first met Malik, I met Malik in an adult league game. I'm 32 years old, so I'm still out there trying to be active. And so when I play in these little adult leagues, anytime I see someone that, that can hoop, I'm like, okay, well, what's his story? And I, I I look pretty young myself. Like I'm 32, but I look like I could pass for like 23, 24. So I I still look like I could be on somebody's roster. And so I was playing in the game, and I hit a couple shots, and I, I see this little guard, this little dreadheaded guard. He knocks down another three. I'm like, okay. That was one. That's cool. Goes to the lane. Uh, left-handed left. I'm like, okay, I got to see something. Next thing you know, I know he, he got 30. And I'm like, okay, well, who is this? And then after the game, I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? What's your name? He goes, Malik. 
I'm like, where are you from? He said, I'm from San Antonio. I'm like, damn, okay, what you doing all the way out here? He goes, oh, yeah, I just finished my uh, my freshman year at Mount Sac. I said, oh, where? That's, you know, Mount Sac is a really good JC. Like, yeah, everybody knows about Mount Sac. He goes, yeah, but I'm kind of looking for a new home or something like that. It's not really it's not really shaking out the way I want it to be. And I this was this is before I even told him I was at Golden West because I don't I, I usually don't lead with that. I don't want to tell nobody, like, I'm at Golden West for the simple fact that, like, I want to get to know you as a player. I want to get to know, like, sometimes it don't, it don't got to be about that. It could just be two guys out here playing ball. Yeah. And I, I and I just kind of threw it out there. I was like, well, shoot, if you're trying to find a new home, I'm over at Golden West. Me and Jimerson, we we we'd love we would love to have you. Long story short, he he came on over and, and stuff like that, and, and he did his research because I don't know, coach, you guys are you know I'm saying not winning too many games and stuff like that. And I just pretty much told him about the conference. I I, I let him get to know me on a personal level and, and and things that I think he could be. And a year later, a year later, man, like. He signs a full ride scholarship to Adam State. Like that is everything. Like that is, I couldn't be more proud of him. You have no idea him and Eric. Eric is another one. If he told you his story, you wouldn't believe it. Malik is another one. I mean, Malik has been all a bunch of different places. His mom is, is has worked her tail off to to provide for him and his brother and stuff like that. Like Malik is one of them stories that that I can build off of. That I can tell other players. Like yo, look at him. Small dude from from San Antonio comes all the way out here. Got let go from one team. Now he's over here, and now he's signing a full. Malik's whole life is about to change, and I, I couldn't be more proud of him. I wasn't out there taking charges. I didn't break my hand. I wasn't out there getting my body beat up trying to get to the basket. That was Malik. I'm just a coach trying to guide him, teach him, train him, and and send out text messages and emails to coaches at the next level so that players can look at him. That's all it was. I reached out to the coach. Hey, coach, I got a player that I think will really help your program. Next, and the rest is history. That coach went from texting me twice. He coached, he texted our, um, our head coach a couple times and has been talking to Malik since Christmas. So I, I, I couldn't be more proud of him. And that's what, that's what coaching at the JC level is all about. Malik deserves everything that's coming his way. Super proud of him. That's great to hear as a coach and even as like a mentor. So you're proud to see, like, I love hearing how proud like coaches are of their players when they get to that level and just, you know, you're always there for them. It's like you're, you're being a part of them and I love to hear that I love hearing you know how much you care about the players how much you care about them just on and off the court and I for love sure that. no yeah Malik is gonna be locked in with me and Jimerson for life man like it's it's, it's, it's this goes beyond basketball like I, I got a couple cases of that on, on on our team me and Jimerson do on this year's team I can think of, of players like Drew who's from from Reno Valley you know what I'm saying the, the city out here in California and if you anybody that knows Reno Valley it's almost it's not like a trap or anything like that because I love my city, but it's it's far from Orange County. And Orange County and Marina Valley are two totally different walks of life. And to see Drew out here being a full-time student, training and, and, and learning him as a man and stuff like that, like I couldn't be more proud. I got players like Joseph Ortiz, who's another cat from I don't know if it's a Texas thing, man, but another cat named Joseph from Texas. He was he was the man in his city, great ball player. Came out here and, and the pace was a little different. So we registered him and he was okay with that. But he came out here and he did his thing. He's a full-time barber. He got his he got his barbering license. He's in school. He works a, a job. He lives on his own. He pays his own bills. Like to me, that's better than any player that can dunk a ball, dribble a ball, shoot a ball. Joseph came out here and lives his life as an adult, as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid. He's out here doing his thing. He did it on his own, just kind of listening to me and Jimerson guiding him certain ways and stuff like that. But it, it's stories like those two cats that make all of this worth it. Because at the JC level, any coach would tell you. Man, we go to sleep with headaches. <laughs> like every day is just something different, man. It's something different. But when you get these stories of success 
and these players moving on, not even just like Malik is obviously moving on to continue basketball. But when I look at Joseph, I'm just as proud of, of Joseph as I am Malik because Joseph is a full-time barber. He's out here living his life. I walk into the barbershop and Joseph laughing, laughing with people. He got clients. And I'm like, yo, this is a little kid from Texas out here, a full barber. People are hitting him up to cut their hair and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it's those things that me and Jimerson love. Like it, it did, there's no better feeling for sure. So I love hearing your relationship with your players and how you've seen them grow into the basketball players. Uh, what about, so what about you? So did you grow up in California? Kinda... Yeah, I was born in Palmdale. I was born in Palmdale. Uh, me, I got two older brothers, uh, me and my mom, my two older brother, Marcel and Matthew, uh, born in Palmdale, lived out there for like nine years, uh, moved around to a couple of different places, but we set up shop in Moreno Valley. Um, and that's when I kind of started middle school. So that's, to me, that's when you start your life. When you start, figuring out like on oh, my body changing like oh what that girl smell like like that's that's when things get real and that's when i started my you know, I mean my life growing up so like that so i'm from Reno valley um but i went to school in orange county and anybody that's kind of from this area that's like a, that's a push that's like an hour and a half and i watched my mom every day every day this woman got up at five o'clock in the morning just to take me to a private school because i went to modern day uh for three years um and again anybody that knows southern california or, or, or at, at all you know, modern day, it's, it's, it's a prolific private school and stuff like that. So I went to modern day for three years and halfway between my junior year, my mom walks into my room and goes, Mason, you're not going to school today. Like I can't afford tuition anymore. And I was like, what? Like just, just in the middle of my junior year, like the most important year of a high school basketball player's career is the junior year. Cause you get recruited for the following year. So like you signed for the class of 2009 and stuff like that. So halfway between my junior year, just like that gone. Uh, then I finished out my junior year at a, at a school in Reno Valley called Valley View, uh, which is great. But I couldn't play ball there because you, you can't do that. You can't go from one school and just no, that's not possible. Um, so my senior year, I transferred to another school called Ocean View, which is in Huntington Beach. Me and my mom get an apartment out here right next to the school. And 2009 was probably the greatest year of my, my basketball career just because we won a CIF championship, which was the first time in like 10 years of the school's history. Uh, we made it to the state championship game when we played on the Sacramento Kings court, which has never been done in Ocean View's history. And this is all in the span of one season and stuff like that. At one point, Ocean View was like the only Orange County team left. You had players like Anthony Brown, who got drafted by the Lakers, who played at Stanford. You had cast like Avery Johnson, who went to who went to finish his off. He started at San Francisco, but he finished his college career at UC Davis. Uh, we had a freshman named Billy Keller. We had a, a freshman named Christian. We had a center named Ryan, another dude named Aaron Delgado. Saying the, the only other senior on the team was a cat named Kevin. Me and Kevin were the only two seniors. Uh, but that year was great. But again, the following year, I wasn't getting really recruited by nobody. So going going forward to my senior year, I averaged 20 during the CIF run. I, I, I beat some of these difficult teams out here and stuff like that. But it just was too late for me just because of, of the previous year. So although I had some traction, I had some traction with a couple of D1 schools, but I didn't have the grades to go to Stanford or Cal or something like that. Cause you got to be smart from like birth. And I just, I just didn't have that. Like I didn't, like I wasn't that guy in math. So I couldn't really take certain looks. Uh, so I ended up going to a junior college. So that's why everything kind of comes full circle. Cause I ended up, I went to a junior college in the same conference as the one I'm in now. I went to Saddleback in 2010 and it, it was great. Like there's no bad blood. They were, they were a great program. They, they won state. When I got there, like when I first got there, I redshirted uh, and they ended up winning state that year. So they were a really good JC and stuff like that. But sometimes the shoe just doesn't fit. Like I'm not any coach that's ever coached Mason Jones. Like I'm not a knucklehead. I'm not 
the guy that's going to cuss back out a coach or, or not accept a role or anything like that. Like, I'm not that dude. But sometimes a shoe just doesn't fit. And so for me and the coach at the time, the shoe just didn't fit. He already had his players. And although at the time I was a really good player, he didn't recruit me. It's, I wasn't what he needed and stuff like that. So my playing time was kind of up and down. Uh, once I, I went from there, I, end, I ended up at a, my final two years was at Arizona Christian. Jeff Rudder had just got the job uh, at Arizona Christian, NAI school. They play in the GSAC, a very good conference. NAI basketball is underrated. Like, NAI basketball is very, very good. Like, there are some – Arizona Christian today could probably beat some D1 schools. Facts. Uh, so when I got to Arizona Christian, Jeff Rudder had just got the job. Uh, and I started at the point guard position my junior year, and it was great. We, we made it to a conference title game. We ended up losing to Concordia. In the, in, the, in the conference title game, which was which was fun. I mean, that, that was, it was just a great game to be a part of. But we went to nationals, uh, and then even my senior year, at Arizona Christian went to nationals again. So I've had a I've had a good run at it and stuff like that. It was kind of a roller coaster ride and stuff like that. So me coaching at the JC level, I'm able to tell these guys like, hey man, listen, I wasn't the best in class either. I graduated college in 2015, but I wasn't the best in school and stuff like that. Like, these are the things that you need to get done. These are the things that coaches look for. And Jimerson's the same way. Like, we we put these guys in situations so they can be successful. Because I've seen coaches at this level, they do some backward stuff. And and, and I ain't going to speak on it like that, but that's just what it is. Uh, but Jimerson and I are not really like that. Uh, so that's why coaching at the JC level has all kind of come full circle. Because once I was done with Arizona Christian, I mean, I, I had a little run at trying to go overseas and stuff like that. But when you come from a small school, man, it's, it's a harder grind and stuff like that to get over that water. Uh, but I started my coaching career you know, I'm, uh, soon after I graduated college and stuff like that, and I've been doing it ever since. So I've loved it. I'm happy where I'm at. And you start, and uh, so you would have started your college coaching career. I would have, I want to uh, do the math here 2014, 15? No, no, no. So <laughs> the, the, the way that I even got to Golden West is another funny story. But my first coaching stint was a. Uh, was at Ocean View. I was an assistant coach on the on the JV on the JV team. Okay. Uh, then I then I went to another high school. I was the head coach. It's called Rim of the World, believe it or not. Uh, and then I went back to Ocean View and coached on their varsity team as an assistant. And then there was there was a there was a day I was working. I was at work one day, and I get a missed call from a seven one four number. I don't really know it. Boom goes the voice message. I listen to a voice message. Hi, my name is Tony Jimerson. I'm the head coach at Golden West College. I got your number from this guy we both know, a mutual friend named Jeff. I was hurt. I was told that you're looking to uh, coach at the college level, man. I'd love to sit down and talk to you. And I'm listening to this voice message like, why the hell would Jeff give this man my phone number? Like, I mean, Jeff is a friend of mine, but I, I didn't I didn't expect Jeff to do that. Like, you know what I mean, me and Jeff were just like adult league friends and stuff like that, just playing basketball and pickups here and there. And so when he told me that, I'm like, damn, Jeff, I appreciate that. That's love. I called Tony back. We get to talking for a little bit, man. The rest is history. I've been with him for four years now. <laughs> it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I was standing at work, got a phone call. I was like, "What?" Kind of, and it caught you by surprise. But I think you know the opportunity that it gave you was to kind of, like you said, the relationship that you have with Mr. Jimerson is one that you can't, you know, take away from anybody because it just sounds like you have a, you both have a great relationship. The chemistry's there, and oh the yeah, for sure, of just getting the players that you have and seeing, like you said, what fits, you know, yeah, like you, yeah, like you yeah. said, you know, sometimes the shoe may not fit for one school, but if, you know, the chemistry's there and the kids, you know, 
have that role that they have and to move, be able to move forward, I think that's what else could you ask for? Absolutely. Jimerson is this goes beyond basketball. Jimerson gonna be my friend for life. This this Absolutely. this goes this goes beyond basketball. This ain't got nothing to do with basketball. My kids and his my son and his kids, they play together. We talk about our wives and stuff like that. This goes beyond basketball. Absolutely. And that's good to hear that, you know, like it stuff like this, it can go beyond basketball. Like friendships can last like this forever, like a lifetime. Absolutely. Anybody Absolutely. Would. So when I when I was talking to uh, Malik Durrell, he was talking about, you know, having that opportunity to work with the NIL and his clothing brand. What is your opinion? I know during the time when you were playing ball, the NIL didn't exist. It wasn't even close. College basketball was kind of in this state where you're with the school. You should you don't need to be making money. What's your opinion on college athletes now getting that opportunity to profit and kind of create their brand with the, the name, image and likeness rule? I think it's about time, honestly. Like it's when you think of some of these prolific names that go to these schools, the Dukes, the UCLA's, the USC's, all these big major schools, these kids have these followings. And social media, like I'm 32, so I'm kind of in the middle of the mix. Like, like you said, it wasn't around for me. You know, I mean, while I was playing and stuff like that, but so I'm in the middle, so I understand both sides and stuff like that. But you have these these kids that are coming into these universities, 200, 300, 400,000, sometimes a million followers. That if you post up a shirt or if you post up a jersey, I mean, if you got a hundred thousand people following you and you sell a jersey for fifty dollars a piece, I mean that that number is crazy. So when I think of Malik and stuff like that and his brand, I, I'm glad that you said that word brand because I've been saying that to Malik for the longest time. When I when I start recruiting new players and stuff like that, like this summer, I always send them to Malik. Hey, Alex Ball from Houston. Hey, 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 Damian from from Vegas. Hey, go follow Malik on Instagram. Go tap in with Malik. Cause I'm trying to build his brand. I tell Malik all the time, when you get to Adam State, they ain't gonna, they they've never seen nothing like you. You got your own little clothesline. You walk around a certain way. You be smiling with your teeth. Like man, they gonna fall in love with that. You gotta build that brand. So I I 100% applaud it. I think it's about time. I think it's I think if you go back in time and you think of players like even my older brother Marcel Jones, he went to Oregon State for four years. If if if, if Nick Young was able to get paid off of what he was swaggy P man, come on me talking about he's making millions of dollars before he even touches the NBA. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him and stuff like that. I, I look forward to it. I, I tell my players, all the players I'm recruiting, Hey man, follow Malik. Hey man, follow Eric, tap in with Drew. Cause I'm trying to build their brand. You gotta, you gotta use this as an advantage, social media, the fact that you can sell a clothing line or you can sell your image. Cause that's all these universities are doing. They're selling these kids image. The, 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 the number one pick in the draft this year from Duke. Man, please. Or even Zion Williams a couple of years ago. Like, you know how much money he brought Duke? Of course you got to get that back. So I, I think it's amazing. I absolutely think it's amazing. And I hope Malik, I mean, he, I, he, so he, he gave me a couple of shirts. They didn't really fit the right way. I'm, I'm kind of old school. I'm 32, though. But I don't, that's not for me. I ain't going to front. But I love it, though. Like, if, if he loves it, I love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with, with building your brand and stuff like that. That's 2022, man. You got to get with the time. Absolutely. It's kind of being able to grow. And like you said, it's, you know, it's getting the message out there, getting the word out there and like you and getting these players the opportunity to just, you know, like you said, it's we're at a time where social media is big and they can do anything to kind of make a make a voice, make a stand and, you know, create something that other people can follow. Absolutely. Even with this podcast, like I don't have the biggest following on Instagram, like I'm not really that dude. But I send this to one of my friends or I send this to someone I know and that person sends it to someone else. And next thing you know, your podcast just takes off. Like you, I, you have no idea how thankful I am to be to even be on this podcast. Like I, th- I think this is the dopest thing in the world. 
And it's just all about building brands and, and using the internet as, as a resource, the right type of resource. Because there's a lot of stuff out there that's kind of that's kind of weird and stuff like that. But I've done my research. I've listened to your podcast and stuff like that. This is one of them good ones. It's gonna take a little time, but this is going this is gonna work for sure, for sure. Yeah, and like you said, like when I started this, it's small and it's still kind of small. I'm running this out of the spare bedroom of my house. Like I work with a phone and a microphone, and it's it's how I do it. But it's you know the story. Like a lot of people kind of know the story. Some people know the story, or some people don't. But it's also just the opportunity to give players that chance to you know tell their story. It's not really about you know exactly. like basketball itself. It's you know where are you from? What was it like? How did you get here? You know, not in some some of the questions that most people might some people might ask, others won't. But I try to yeah. get in the end to kind of just say, you know, this they might not know this about you, and they might not know this about you. So it's Absolutely. just interesting you're, you're a from so from people all over the world to kind of you know let them know how did you get here. You know, absolutely, absolutely. You're you're a platform for these kids, and don't don't never undersell yourself. I don't care if you was in a room, in a box, in a closet. I don't care where you was at, or what you have. Is you are a platform for these kids. Malik will be able to send that that uh that podcast he did with you to all his family and friends, and they're they're going to send it to their family and friends. And all the recruits that I'm recruiting now are going to hear this and go, "Damn, I want to be on a podcast too." Like you you are a platform, and you're doing a hell of a job for sure. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. And my last question to you, and I love asking this question, is what advice, and as, a, and as a coach, what advice would you give to the next generation of high school basketball players wanting to play at the college level? Absolutely. That's a great question. You got to, obviously, you look at the NBA. Who's your who's your favorite player? Oh, I love Kevin Durant, or I love, I love such and such. I love Kyrie. I love LeBron. Boom, boom, boom. I always tell my my advice to players to this is find a role and be the best at that role. Milwaukee doesn't win that championship without PJ Tucker. Um, the, the the Lakers don't win certain championships without these role players, the Robert Ories, the, the the Byron Scotts, and stuff like that. The Derek Fishers that had to pick up full court and stuff like that. Michael Jordan them don't get them rings if, if Horace Grant ain't down there clotheslining people. If, if Dennis Rodman ain't dying his hair doing front flips, like these people don't get these championships without these guys. So what I, my 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 advice to these players is. Whatever role this coach gives you, hey, 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 such and such, I need you to go out there and set 32 screens. You got to be the best at them 32 screens because you got to find the role so that the so that the team wins. I love watching the Warriors play, and it's not even because of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson shooting from half. When you look at Draymond and Gary Payton Jr. and, and Kevin Looney from UCLA, I bet people don't even know who that is. He had three-time NBA championship. He'd been on the Golden State Warriors for the longest time. I bet people don't even know what school he went to. He went to UCLA. It's players like him that I, that I recommend you follow. You have to find a role and be the best at that role. Everyone can't score 20. That's impossible. It's not realistic. So my, my advice to any basketball player, let alone a high school player, is find your role, accept your role, and be the best at it. A lot of people say TJ, P.J. Tucker gets dunked on all the time. So what? He a champion. That's my advice for sure. And – like and that's some great advice to have, you know. On a lot of kids, you know, even today, as you know, adults, we're just trying to find the role that we would fit in to kind Absolutely. of what would make us benefit the most. Where do we kind of? Because because I, I see that with a lot of kids, it's like you said with colleges, kids kind of you know want to find some kids want to find where the grass grows greener, you know, where the name kind of means a difference. No, it's what role do you fill in? What role can you play to make? Not only self better, but the team better. Absolutely. If you can't find that, then changing schools every few years with 
you know, oh, and, and then actually having a follow-up question with that, it might not make a difference, but um, the idea with the transfer portal, you know, with the NCAA oh. transfer portal, what's your, what's your opinion on that? Man, listen, the transfer portal is like, we're like we're living in a time where everything is different and, and it's, it's a good thing. I can't really look at it as a bad thing because again, like we've been talking about, you go one place, if that's just not the look, well, then I need to go somewhere else. I mean, I, I can probably, you'd be surprised at how many people were probably like, man, I wish I could change schools and stuff like that. I wish I could have done that when, when, when they didn't think that they could, or maybe they didn't think that the schools were still looking at them, whatever the case is. I, I think the transfer portal is a great thing. It shifts a bunch of stuff. It, it definitely helps the JC level because again, you're talking about thousands of kids that are already through the door. People, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of players trying to get to the D2 level, the D1 level. And so once they're already through the door, it's a whole new set of players trying to get to that same door. But if there's if those players that are already on that side, if they start moving around, well, then it, it hinders the people that are trying to get through the door now. So the transfer portal is good, but then it's it's it just makes basketball even that much harder because high school players are not only competing against themselves, you're competing against people that are already there. That guard that's at UTEP that now wants to go to Portland, and, and, and I'm a I'm a I'm a star athlete at, in, in in Oregon. I have to be better than this guy now. Like so, the, the transfer portal is great because it gives other kids opportunities. Um, I can't remember his name, but there's a kid from Shadow Mountain, Arizona. He went to Arizona State, and he was a um uh, his last name is House. His last name is House. Uh, House's son. Damn, I can't remember his name. Uh, but he went to Arizona State out of high school. Had a great career at Shadow Mountain. Went to Arizona State, and you can't say no to the Pac-12 because that's a Pac-12. How are you going to say no? So he goes to Arizona State, and it doesn't really pan out the way it should. And now he's killing that New Mexico, monster at New Mexico. Like He just he probably should have went there from jump. So the transfer portal does help a lot of kids. It really, really does. So I think it's a good thing. It just makes, it just makes basketball that much harder for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – that's going to be you guys. Thank you again, Mr. Jones, for taking the time to come on the show. I love hearing your story. I hope to, you know, see big things this next year for Golden uh, Golden West College and with the players that are coming in for next year in the camp that you said happening in June, correct? Mid-June? No, it's not a camp. We start our summer training June 14th. June 14th. Okay, so I can't wait to hear how the training goes. And I wish you guys, best, I, I wish you guys the best of luck for next year. I appreciate that for you having me, man. I really do. This was awesome. This was fun. I had, I had a great time. I can't thank you enough for having me on here, man. This was amazing. No problem, man. Thanks again. We'll be right back with more Hoop Jack, guys, so stay tuned. And we're back, guys. So I want to thank Mr. Jones for taking the time to come on the show. And make sure to keep in tabs with Golden West College as they have a great program, great JUCO program, getting kids the opportunity to move up to play at the higher division levels, whether it's Division 1, 2, 3, or even the NAIA. I wish them the best of luck next year, and I wish them the best of luck over the summer with all the workouts that they have. And next topic we have today is the NBA draft, which is close. It's closing in. The draft will be June 3rd in Chicago, June 23rd in Chicago, and the order has been set. Uh, The Orlando Magic have the first overall pick in this year's draft. And kind of going down the list, we'll do the top 10. So Orlando has number one. Oklahoma City has number two. 
Houston has the th the the Rockets have the third, the Kings are fourth, the Pistons are fifth, the the Pacers are sixth, the Trailblazers are seventh, New Orleans has the eighth, the Pelicans have the eighth pick and they got it from the Lakers. San Antonio has the ninth pick and the Wizards have the tenth pick. Now this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who goes first. There have been uh, rumors that Chet Holmgren out of Holmgren out of Gonzaga, the freshman seven-footer, is projected first pick. I think, and there have and and, and when I watched him play, he was a great player. He. He knew where to put. He knew he knew where to be. He knew how to play the game the right way, and he was a great shooter. Like you can't ask that for him. But 195 pound seven footer. I fear that him going first with his frame. It's not a typical center uh, frame. It's when you look at Kevin Durant. He's skinny, but he's not the center. He's he's a good he's a power forward. He could be a great power forward, but he built that. I think what Chet Holmgren needs is a great PT who can get him the weight training that he needs to bulk up. I think once he bulks up, he will be an amazing big man who can shoot the ball really well, who can get you your double double every night. I think it is likely he'll go number one. The other possibility was, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, Paolo Banchero out of Duke, the freshman uh, power forward, 6'10", 250. He has been an unstoppable forward this year. He's been a fantastic player for Duke. And what he did this year with Duke and uh, with Coach K's last year was anything but anything short spectacular he, he did an amazing job it's it's tough to have where he could land when you look at and when you look at him he's a great player i don't see anything wrong with him and if he goes to oklahoma city he can work with shea gilgis alexander that two the duo combo could make a difference for them i'm not saying it's a big you know destination spot you want to be at Oklahoma City right now after the season they had but I think trying to build a team from the ground up that he, he him and Gilgis Alexander can absolutely do that for the Thunder and then the third pick another third a third pick who could probably move up in the rankings Jabari Smith power forward out of Auburn 6'10 220 Auburn with a fantastic year that they had in the in the SEC they had a great year this kid was on fire. This kid was shooting the lights out. Six, nearly 17 points per game and 42% from the field. This kid can get you a bucket and no matter what you do. And two-way threat, both offense and defense. I think what needs to happen is and projected to go to the Rockets. Now... It'll be interesting to see what the status will change once we get closer to draft time. We're about uh, two. Let me look at my calendar. So we're about about five weeks away. 
from the NBA draft. So anything could happen with workouts, with training, what the combine looked like for them. And if Chet Holmgren goes first, I won't be surprised. But I do. But I. It'll be interesting to see if they do take Paolo or if they take Jabari Smith. I mean, all teams need a big man. All the teams need a big man. All these teams. Uh, Magic might be interesting, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. But it'll be exciting to see what'll happen. And then uh, before we get into our mindful moment, mindful minute, I want to take a minute to thank our affiliates today. I want to thank Boosted Biz for making sure to get our merch line out there. I want to thank them for giving us the opportunity to spread the word, spread the name, spread the love. And I can't wait to see our channel keep growing and our merch fly off the shelves. Probably not fly, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to get the word out there, guys. So um, give us a like, give us a follow, and, you know, let us know what you guys think of. If you ever want to be on the show, reach out. I'm willing to, I want to hear everyone's story. I want Every story is different. Every road is new travel. Everyone has had a life of their own and it's no one story is the same you got and i remember talking about this um with one of the players i interviewed i believe it was um i'll have to look but you're you're one of one whatever you make yourself you're one of one i oh it was um it was um, sorry guys, I'm having, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a lot right now, but, um, it was Brevin Galloway, he was talking about you're one of one, so, and then it was great hearing from him, but it's also, you know, it, it makes you think that you can make a difference for yourself, you can create your own story, you don't have to follow anybody else's. And then also I want to thank Kenichi Bear for having us be a part of their affiliate program. Kenichi Bear, if, are you guys looking for a new pair of headphones? Are you looking for ones that last a long time and great quality? Well, look no further than Kenichi Bear Hibernation 5. Great quality pairs, pair of headphones that are um, wireless pair of headphones. Great for listening to music as well as a wireless set for gaming headphones if you're a gamer like myself if you have if you like playing video games whether it's 2k whether it's madden whether it's anything in between even call of duty uh make sure to grab your pair of kenichi bear headphones make sure to for both boosted biz and kenichi bear make sure to click on the link on our link tree to get exciting offers and view what we have to offer for our merch line and well all check out all the episodes as well so my mindful minute I wanted to talk about, you know, it's weather is getting hot out there, guys. You guys need to make sure that if you are outside, if you are outside at all for a long period of time, make sure to hydrate and sunscreen and hats and tons and tons of water, ice water, cold water. It is good for you. It is getting hot out there, especially if you're wanting to play basketball outside. If you aren't be able to get access into the gym, even your local park, go grab some water, water, Gatorade, anything to stay hydrated, guys. The main thing right now for this mindfulness is being able to stay hydrated. 
I want everyone to be making sure they're taking care of themselves. Make sure after a game, get you some water, anything to help you uh, take care of these hot days coming up. And that's going to be it, guys. Thank you guys for continuing to tune in. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to the shows. And uh, make sure to also check out on our uh, YouTube channel as and uh, our TikTok. We are continuing to upload new stuff, new content. Uh, We are starting a new series called Hooper Reflections where we have past, past Hoopers who have been on the show. We do recap sessions with them to see what, what they've been up to since we last talked to them. Uh, if you want to tune in to our last, our first one that we had, Miss J.C. Haynes out of MUW. Great story. Great catching up with her and great hearing that she's doing well and that there's always room to improve and there's always room to grow. So make sure to check that out and make sure to keep uh, tuning in and our new episode new hooper reflection will be out tomorrow so be on the lookout for that and remember don't be a bystander be a hooper and keep balling peace